athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. It's Memorial Day weekend, and we're celebrating here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth, they reminisce over you, takes me back to 1992. That's one of the things, you know, I, I always really enjoy this time of year. It's the time of year where college athletics starts to wind down. We're in the midst of the NBA playoffs. We're about, I don't know, maybe what, about a quarter of the way or so through the Major League Baseball season. And really, Memorial Day weekend sort of begins the summer, the unofficial summer, if you will. And just a great time. And, you know, we we got a really good show for you today here on the program. And a lot of our music is going to reflect we may even bring you back to some memories that you, in fact, had. And so uh, I wanted you to participate on the show today in this respect. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number 2-R-O-W, or you can email me here at the show, HBCU at BoxToRow.com, and give me one of your favorite memories, um, even if it relates to 1992, if it relates to this song, um, and, and again, we're going to have a lot of fun on today's program. Let me set the table for you today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Uh, joining us today on the program. And, you know, we're a little bit closer now to the NBA Finals. And on Saturday, we go to Oklahoma City for Game 6 between OKC and Golden State. And, I, you know, I got some thoughts on this. I, I think... You know, I, I don't I don't know. I I, I boy, I, I'll tell you this much. I know I'm pretty sure about this. If OKC does not win in OKC on Saturday, then on Monday, I don't think they're gonna win in Golden State. They have a prime opportunity. They're up uh they were up three games to one. They're still up three games to two. And I think but I, I think that and, and by the way, I initially picked Golden State in seven. I initially picked Golden State in seven. Um, I'm not necessarily cheering for uh, Oklahoma City, but I would really like to see Kevin Durant win an NBA championship. I mean, we talk about, and Westbrook for that matter, when we talk about some of the top players in the game, um, uh, Steph Curry's won an NBA championship. LeBron has won two NBA championships. Um, I think this is the year for OKC. Um, and I just would like to see them win it. I'm not necessarily cheering for them. Uh, again, my prediction was that 
Golden State would win this in seven. And I think my prediction will come true if OKC cannot handle its business on Saturday uh, in Oklahoma City. So we're going to talk some NBA playoffs. And uh, Mike Wallace of ESPN.com, NBA writer, is going to come on the program and talk a little NBA here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also, our HBCU Legends series continues today here on From the Press Box to Press, Press Row. Last week, we caught up with Pro Football Hall of Famer Lim Barney, and what a fascinating conversation. As a matter of fact, we have the interview on our website right now, BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com, you can click on the blog link or you can go to BoxToRow.com backslash blog. And just a fascinating conversation with Lynn Barty, not only about his career with the Lions and, of course, his uh, career at Jackson State, but also the fact that he was able to get the late great Marvin Gaye a tryout with the Detroit Lions. Just Just to hear him tell that story is simply fascinating. And so... That interview is on our website right now at BoxToRow.com. Joining us today as part of our HBCU Legends series, Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt, Pro Football Hall of Famer, played uh, 11 seasons, or uh, actually played 13 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, all with the Pittsburgh Steelers, had an outstanding career as Lim Barney's one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. So is Mel Blunt, who played his collegiate football at Southern Mel Blunt going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Your participation here on From the Press Box to Press Row always warranted. You can hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, again, or email me here at the show, HBCU at Box to Row. Dot com And once again, uh, we're reminiscing today. It's a Memorial Day weekend. It's a time when we reflect back and um, uh, think about those that are no longer with us. And again, the music is going to be reflective of that on today's program. And so I want you to hit me up and tell me some of your great memories uh, as it relates to you as we again celebrate Memorial Day weekend. As a matter of fact, um, when listening to uh, When They Reminisce Over You by Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth, it takes me back again to 1992. I was a senior in high school. And I remember when that song came out, it, it was uh, just a just a different kind of feel from what you know I had been listening to. And I really enjoyed that song. I can remember uh, those in the Washington area can appreciate this. When that song came out, what most comes to my mind is when City Place in downtown Silver Spring opened. Those in Washington know what I'm talking about. City City Place um, is still there in downtown Silver Spring. That opened in, uh, I think it was April of 1992. So uh, it takes me back to that time. I remember going to City Place again as a teenager, as a senior in high school, you know, High school kids love to hang out at the mall. I don't. I don't know what. I'm not sure what high school kids are doing today, and maybe not hanging out at the mall so much. Maybe on tablets and uh, phones and so forth. But that's what sort of we like to do um, as high school students. Kind of hang out at the mall, see who was there, look at the girls, all that kind of uh, uh, good stuff. And it just takes me kind of back to that time, and then really even. Uh, that time and more so to my transition out of high school that summer and then 
going into college as well. So that memory comes back to my mind when I have a chance to listen to uh, that song. So let's talk some NBA playoffs here in the program. I want to talk about this uh, Oklahoma City and uh, Golden State series, which has been uh, very much surprising. Golden State still right in the midst of uh, of everything and where it needs to be to be able to close out this series. And um, one thing I'll give Oklahoma City credit for uh, game five on Thursday is that they hung around. They could have given up, and even at the end, they had a couple of opportunities. Boy, Kevin Durant missed a – he had a great look at a wide-open three-pointer when OKC was down six. We were inside of a minute remaining, and he just could not get that to go, and it was sort of a, a semi-microcosm of his evening, 12 of 31 from the field. He had 40 points, but he was 12 of 31 from the field. Now, when I look at the box score, it says that uh, Kevin Durant had three turnovers, but, I, I mean, I – I thought he had more than three turnovers. It, you know, I think I talked about this last week. It's like he gets the ball and he's trying to do a lot and the ball gets stripped a lot of times and he turns the ball over probably a little more, uh, a little more than I would like uh, for him to. Uh, but that's saying nothing if you look at the box score compared to uh, Westbrook who turned the ball over seven times in the ball game. And that's not going to get it done. He had 31 points. But Despite all of that, um, OKC still had a chance at the end to really come back. They kept it close. As a matter of fact, at one point, I thought, I thought when OKC eventually, and they ended up taking the lead, and I thought if they ever took the lead, they might go ahead and close it out. They took the lead by one point at one time. Uh, I think it was around the third quarter, maybe late third quarter, but uh, Golden State would not be denied, and um, Steph Curry had a had a good game he didn't have a great game but he had a good game and he was even better in the second half he wasn't great uh in the first half played much better in the second half he nor um uh Thompson had great games and that's got to be of concern and uh, uh, again listen uh when you look at OKC and and again I got to give some credit to Billy Donovan I don't think uh, Billy Donovan, the coach for OKC, is getting as much credit as he deserves. I think he's going to make some adjustments in this game. And, I, you know, I just think that, um, to me, um, and again, you know, you're going back to OKC. I think that means, I think that means the world. Uh, for me, to this point, OKC has not lost at home against Golden State in this series. I don't think that that changes. I think, as a matter of fact, OKC wins this game. Billy Donovan has made some great adjustments. You know, you're not going to see both Kevin Durant and Westbrook off in the same game. I mean, these guys were a combined 33 of 59, or 22, excuse me, not not, not 20, excuse me, 23. They were a combined 23 of 59 from the field. That's not going to get it done, and I don't think that's going to happen, especially at home, and I think the adjustments are going to be made, and I think Oklahoma City is going to win this thing running away. We're going to talk more about the NBA playoffs on the program still to come. Mike Wallace of ESPN.com. Also, 
Mel Blunt, Pro Football Hall of Famer, as our HBCU Legends series continues. More of From the Press Box to Press Row on the other side. You might try to pop the boyfriend jump, but I don't really care because I know he's a punk. I'll stop him like a roach if he tries to approach. He can't get Whoa, my man knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Did you see that? He's a stud driving to the basket or putting it in from long range. Yeah, I saw it. So he's a stud, the man. We're all impressed. Bob, what's with you, man? You seem depressed. Out of it. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm just down. Well, boys, talk to me, man. What's bothering you? Home is bothering me. Brenda and I haven't hugged, kissed, or made love in weeks because I can't get an erection. We've been boys a long time. I'm going to share something with you. I had that same problem until a month ago. Then I heard about Alpha RX Plus and things changed big time. It brought happiness back into my bedroom, trust and respect from Felicia. How can I try this Alpha Lust? <laughs> it's Alpha RX Plus, and you can learn more at alpharxplus.com. It's affordable, all natural, no side effects, comes with a money back guarantee. www.alpharxplus.com or 800-860-1938. Alpha RX Plus. A Budweiser, a burger, and Thomas Ray. When you wake up in a different city every day, there's a comfort in being able to count on something familiar. For me, that's a Budweiser and a burger. A Bud and a burger remind me who I am and to keep doing my thing. Nothing fancy, nothing forced, no backstage pass required. That's a Budweiser and a burger. Cheers. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer and Hazard Vulture St. Louis, Missouri. Kofi cards are designed by Brother Tyus Kofi, who has received international acclaim and has been featured on over 300 very popular greeting cards. Kofi cards can be purchased for any occasion, including birthdays, baby showers, and well wishes. Buy them in bulk today. Purchase Kofi cards online at www.koficards.com. That's www.koficards.com. K-O-F-I-K-A-R-D-S.com. Produced by the community for the community. Kofi Cards, empowering our community one card at a time. Kofi Cards are a product of Global Emerging Market Exchange. GMX, a redistribution company. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is brought to you by Alpha RX Plus. Alpha RX Plus is all natural. You heard the commercial in the last segment. It has a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction. And for box to row customers only, get 10% off when you purchase Alpha RX Plus. Go to alpharxplus.com, enter Box to row, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, as the coupon. You've tried the rest, now try the best. Alpha RX Plus has a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction. For more information and to get the 10% off coupon, log on to alpharxplus.com. When you check out, use the code box to row, B-O-X, the number two. R-O-W. Our HBCU Legends series continues here 
on from the press box to press row, and I'm joined, as a matter of fact, by a four-time Super Bowl champion. He also is a pro football Hall of Fame uh, inductee, and as a matter of fact, played his collegiate ball at Southern. He also sits on the board of the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, in addition to that, in Pittsburgh, giving back to the community with his Mel Blunt Youth Homes, Mel Blunt joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Mel, welcome to the program. Well, Dahl, it's an honor to be on your show. How you doing? I am doing great, and we appreciate uh, you coming on. You know, I want to start here because uh, a couple of weeks ago we mentioned the fact that the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Black College Football Hall of Fame have partnered, and there's going to be essentially uh, Black College Football Hall of Fame representation in the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame. You sit on the board of the Black College Football Hall of Fame, Kind of give us your thoughts on this partnership. Well, I think it's a great opportunity for HBC schools. Uh, I, I really think also it's a great opportunity for pro football hallers because, you know, when you look at the Hall of Fame, there's uh, over 300 men who are in the Hall of Fame, and that's uh, players and contributors. So if you take away the contributors, then HBC schools represent 10% of the players that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so we're very honored. I think David Baker is a tremendous leader. He's doing a great job there in Canton with that Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, it's going to be good for, for everyone because we can preserve the history and the legends of the players who, who played at HBC schools. Absolutely. And and for you, um, being an inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1989, I want to obviously talk about your great career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the best cornerbacks to ever play the game. As a matter of fact, the rules were changed because of your play. Uh, what did it mean to you to in 1989 to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, it was a tremendous honor. You know, <clears throat> when I left, Vidalia, Georgia, in 1966, I grew up doing segregation in the South and uh, went to an all-black high school, and I had opportunity to go to Savannah State or Southern University. And so I chose Southern University, and it was a long bus ride from Vidalia, Georgia, to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I didn't leave home uh, with the idea of making it to the Hall of Fame. You know, it was a scholarship. It was an opportunity for me to get an education and, and play the game I loved. And so on that journey, it took me from Vidalia, Georgia, to Baton Rouge, to Pittsburgh, and to Canton, Ohio. And it's, it's a tremendous honor. Anytime you can achieve something and people recognize you as being one of the best and and inducting you into the Hall of Fame, you know that you've been blessed and, and you know it's a lot of people along the way to help you get there. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you remember most uh, about those days uh, in, in Pittsburgh and those great, great defenses and winning four Super Bowls? Well, there are so many great memories, but I think the one that, to me, that really is so important and that really – explains why we were able to have the success that we had is the intensity uh, from the coaching staff 
starting with Chuck Knoll, just demanding the very best and actually uh, striving for excellence and, and preaching that message, not just on the field, but off the field. And so when you look at what happened in the 70s uh, in Pittsburgh, it obviously, uh, the ownership had to be solid. Uh, but Chuck Knoll came in and he brought a whole different culture into the uh, Pittsburgh organization and obviously drafting great players. But the leadership among the players had to be outstanding, and that's where people like Joe Green and Andy Russell and Sam Davis, who were uh, really solid guys that, you know, we all kind of listened to their voice. And uh, then we got lucky in 1974 and were able to get people like Lynn Swan and Stallworth and Jack Lambert and Mike Webster, you know, uh, out of that draft. There were four guys who were Hall of Famers. Then we found free agents like Donnie Shell and Reggie Garrett. I mean, just a tremendous draft that really propelled us over the top. That is the voice of Pro Football Hall of Famer Mel Blunt. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, of course, four-time Super Bowl champion. Mel, where were you? Uh, did you actually see the catch, uh, of course, by Franco Harris taking you I mean – what did you see that? Can you kind of describe that for us? And I mean, obviously, with a phenomenal play, maybe that play—if that play doesn't happen, maybe we're not talking, you know, four Super Bowls. Well, it, it obviously was a great play, uh, a legendary play, one of the greatest plays in the history of uh, pro football. I was on the sideline, obviously, and um, I actually saw the throw, and I saw the hit. Uh, when Tatum hit uh, Frenchy Fuqua, and, but I lost the ball. I didn't see the ball. The only thing I saw was that. And the next thing I heard was the crowd screaming and, and uh, Franco running with the ball. So I didn't actually see Franco catch the ball. But when you look at that film, you can see guys like myself on, and other guys on the sideline running and jumping just rooting him on across the goal line, and it was just a tremendous uh, atmosphere when that happened. And it's plays like that, though, that really makes you realize how blessed we were to, to have the kind of people and have the kind of players that we had uh, in Pittsburgh. Of course, as physical a cornerback as you were, as a matter of fact, rules were changed uh, because of the way you played. What are your feelings in terms of how – the the rules um, in in terms of the National Football League and how the rules have been changed. What how, how, what is your feeling about that? Well, I think it's good. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that say, "Oh man, back when we played, this is the way it was." And this, you know, football has always evolved. Uh, I remember when I came in the league in 1970, and and they were changing rules then. They they changed. Uh, a lot of rules, especially in 1977 when, uh, you know, they were really trying to legislate uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers and our defense. From the head slap, they took that away. Uh, and and uh, obviously the bump and run with the rule that was named after me. But then there were other rules as far as blocking uh, that was, uh, you know, instituted. So, you have to look at the game and say it's a game that constantly change. And the players today uh, are playing under different rules, but 
hey, the game is still a great game, and uh, I love the game. I I definitely love the fact that these guys are getting paid what I think they're worth. Uh, there's a lot of money out there. You put your life on the line every play, and I, I think guys should be compensated. But I think also the rules uh, is important because it's, the, they put the rules in place to protect the players, and we all can adjust. The fans can adjust to it. Uh, the players can adjust on the field, and former players like me, if they love the game, they can adjust to the way they're playing the game because it's all about protecting the player that's out there on the field. For all of the years that you played, and again, you were a a four-time All-Pro selection, a five-time Pro Bowler, um, and, and even more remarkable, you want to you you went to the All Pro in, in seventy seven, and then also four years later uh, in eighty one, which just shows that you were still playing, obviously at a very high level, even as your uh, career progressed. Who was your toughest? Who who was the toughest cover for you? Well, we had a lot of great athletes back in those days. If you remember, and the guys I named will all be Hall of Famers, like Charlie Joyner and uh, Paul Warfield. You know, we I played against some uh, great players. I played against Charlie Taylor over at the Redskins, all these guys in the Hall of Fame. But then there are other great guys uh, like Isaac Curtis uh, with Cincinnati at the time. And then, of course, Cliff Branch, who was just a – I mean, he could take the top off of a defense. He was a great receiver, great route runner. Uh, you know, so they, were, they have always been great players in, in the league and – when you talk about people's stats, you also have to realize that, hey, they're throwing the ball now more than they threw it back in those days. So uh, you can't compare a guy just because of his stats. you got to look at, you know, what the system he's in, the time he's playing it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, those are just some of the guys when, when people ask you, well, who was the toughest guy? Those guys always come to mind. when I And Charlie Joyner. Uh, a lot of people don't realize he was just—he was the most precise route runner that I ever played against. Our conversation with Mel Blunt continues after this small pause for the cause. This is from the press box to press row. You're listening to from the press box to press row. That the voice of Ronda Rousey. It was something that I specifically asked for, not just because I wanted to fight for the Brazilian people, also that I really can't stand this chick, and I would rather beat her in her home country on her own turf, so that she knew that she lost with every single possible advantage she could have. That's the voice of Michael Strahan talking with us about his college playing days at Texas Southern. You know, a lot of guys were probably out there partying and in some cases chasing behind the girls. I was working out because I didn't see Texas Southern as being like my stop. That was part of my journey into where I wanted to go. Kevin Hart joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Room. Now, are you going to return to New Orleans for the NBA Celebrity Game to defend your MVP crown? Of course I am, man. I'm trying to three-peat. Right now, he's <laughs> two-time celebrity all-star game MVP. If I can get a three, a three-peat, I'm retiring from the game of basketball. I will have done what no man can do. Adrian Peterson. We're strong enough. He built us to be strong enough to endure that. That's powerful. It is. Like, that's powerful. That's how easy to put things in perspective and know that, hey, you know, tough times don't come. 
But if you trust in God, believe in God, he's going to get you through it. Mike Krzyzewski or Coach K, you know, there was an article that came out with the headline stating NBA needs to pull stars from USA Basketball, which is showcasing only Duke's coach. To me, it's absurd because before USA Basketball, Coach K was on the map and winning national championships. However, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't think you have to respond to it because something that comes way out of left field, it's apparent that we don't need USA Basketball to help our program. I've won three national championships before being the USA coach and went to numerous Final Fours and had number one recruiting classes. I think the response from everybody has been, you know, come on. At the voice, of course, of T.I. and some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. And that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. No, no question. I'm I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're they're not doing too well right now. Well, like <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta hey, hey, hey look, man. We gotta we gotta hold it down so we can so we can get it back right again. <laughs> we're joined by Serena Williams. You were in Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue a couple of years ago. You feel like you're a sex symbol. <laughs> I'm just Serena, and that's all I can be. And whatever people think is. I don't know. I guess I feel honored that they might feel that way, though. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm -hmm. All the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So... I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders for myself, and not only me, but the kids and the volunteers and the parents and the people that have been associated with it. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have Division one. The face of women's soccer in the U.S. is Alex Morgan. Phenomenal moment. The semifinal game against Canada where you scored in the extra time. Everyone's thinking, oh, he's going to get to that. And, you know, it kind of fell directly to, to me and to my head, and it was definitely the biggest goal of my career. Jim Caldwell in his first season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. If a coach is named a coach-in-waiting, the next year he becomes that head coach. He goes 14-2. His team goes to the Super Bowl. The next year he goes 10-6. and His uh, team goes to the playoffs. And then because of a 2-14 and record, but part of that record is because certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time misses the entire season. After the end of that season, the coach is fired. Is that fair to that coach? <laughs> well, you know, in this business it is. <laughs> because um, that's the thing that I think most people that are in it understand it. It's what have you done for me lately. At that particular year, we didn't win enough games, plain and simple. He's the one and only Darius Rucker. I love sports. I love all sports. I watch them all. I'm into the World Cup right now like everybody else is. But if to me, there's two times a year, the football season and waiting for football season. And right now, I'm waiting for football season. I love it. Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kevin Durant. What about the success that you've had, your maturing? as an NBA player as one of the young uh, superstars in the league oh yeah well I'm just you know trying to get better every single day we've been through a lot as a team and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys you know hopefully we get to reach our goal one day from the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant, radio.
The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. Making a contribution to the Bud Light Party is the best decision you're going to make this year. Why? Because for every contribution, we'll give you a Bud Light. This summer, we'll be at bars and venues across the country, taking contributions and giving back with fun and Bud Light. Join the Bud Light Party on the campaign trail this summer. It's a party we can all agree on. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Those who can, do. Those who can't, talk. Join Donald Ware in the conversation. From the press box to press row. We're talking with Pro Football Hall of Famer Mel Blunt here on From the Press Box to Press Row as part of our HBCU Legends series as we continue the conversation. And Mel, I want to take you back to something you said in of, terms of uh, the racism that you experienced and can you kind of speak to, and of course you have the Mel Blunt Youth Home, uh, which is doing phenomenal things, obviously in the Pittsburgh area. You, you had some trouble getting that off the ground and opening that because of some racist views, right? Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think, you know, we always, in my opinion, as long as there is an America, will be dealing with, these kind of issues because that's that's America. That's the way it was uh, founded. You know, they came in and they they took land from the Indians and put them on the reservation. They brought in black people from from all over the world to uh, do their do their work and build this country. And so, I don't have a problem with it. The problem is that when you are in denial, and and I'm not just talking about. Uh, black people, but there are a lot of white folks that, that are racist and they're in denial. And these, this is just a part of the the society that we're in, but you can't use that for an excuse. Uh, in my case, when I came out in this area and bought this property out here, um, you know, we had the Klan. They, that was in 1989. They were burning crosses and marching. and uh, But I was focused on what it was I wanted to do, and I think uh, a lot of times, you know, lack of information or lack of knowledge can produce ignorance, and so what we tried to do was just educate the community on what it was we wanted to do and move forward, and so, you, you know, anybody who's accomplished anything, they know that distractions will take place if you let them. And the way you uh, avoid that is you just stay focused on the things you're trying to you're trying to take care of. No, and you have done that. You and your staff has done a tremendous job of that, despite the fact that you had some of these setbacks. Some 26 years later, uh, your the Mel Blunt Youth Home is uh, thriving. Can you talk a little bit uh, about maybe why you started it and what it in fact represents? Well. What I did in 1983, I knew I I was retiring, and I always knew I wanted to work with kids. But there were some things that happened in the 70s when we were winning Super Bowls, and uh, one of the things that happened, I would go back home to Vidalia, Georgia, and all of my nieces and uh, nephews were small kids then, seventh, eighth grade, and ninth graders, and they would go 
into their school and say their Uncle Mel was home. Well, everybody knew Mel Blunt because I come from a little small community in, in Vidalia, Georgia, and we were winning Super Bowls, and kids wanted to come out to the farm and take pictures or throw the ball or get autographs. And, you know, we looked around one day, and there was maybe 15 or 20 kids out there. And uh, I was just playing around with him, throwing the ball. And it's like the Lord just spoke to me and said, you could do more than this. You could do more than, you know, sign autographs and throw the ball and take pictures with these kids. And just to look in some of these kids' eyes, you knew that it was like they was looking for more. And so we started bringing kids out there, and we started looking into how we could actually help kids. And that's how this whole idea of the Mel Blunt Youth Home got started. And it's amazing that it was because of my young nieces and nephews going back telling kids at school that I had come home. And they would congregate out there on the farm. And and then the other thing was I wanted to build it on a farm because that was my experience as a kid growing up. You know, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and we picked cotton and plowed mules and we didn't have tractors or trucks, so everything was done with mules and sleds and wagons and 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 so that was that was my experience as a child and I learned the importance of hard work and discipline uh learned the importance of uh having faith. We used to walk to church every day on a dirt road back out in the woods and so the older I get, the more I realize what a great life that was and I'm trying to do that here because we got so many of these inner city kids, and I'm sure it's the same way where you are in all these other cities. Kids are killing each other, and, and I think kids just need space, and they need to get out and enjoy the the, the beauty and the, the natural settings that God has put here for us. And, you know, you get caught up in these cities, and the only thing they see is drugs and crimes and stealing, and and that's what they become. So the environment, in my opinion, is very important. Wow, very well said, Mel. A couple of more thoughts, and we appreciate the time with Mel Blunt, Pro Football Hall of Famer, played 14 years uh, in the National Football League, all with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you, let me take you back to something. You you, you mentioned Charlie Joyner. Who who got the best of each other? Was it you or Charlie? You got your your guys' playing days go back to your days at Southern and his days at Grambling. Yeah, you know, Charlie, uh, I played against him uh, in college and in uh, in the pros, and uh, I've enjoyed him. I respect his, his game and his ability, but uh, I couldn't answer who got the best. I, I know we got four Super Bowls. I don't know how many Charlie has, but both of us are in the Hall of Fame, and I think that kind of speaks volume for both of our abilities. Sure. Uh, then lastly, now your son is with currently with the Miami Dolphins, played, of course, uh, at Florida A&M. I remember when he signed to uh, to Florida A&M. Um, what, what does it mean to you? Obviously, you had a, a an awesome uh, career to now have your your son uh, possibly now following in your footsteps again in camp now with the Miami Dolphins. Well, I tell you what, it's awesome and it's unbelievable the – the joy and the excitement that I see in, in, in my wife and my other boys, because I also have a son who's a a freshman, just finished his freshman year at Cleveland State. He's a basketball player. 
and then I have a, another son who's finishing up uh, at Wash High here in Washington, PA, going to Duquesne University. And so to see uh, the, the uh, hope that they have and to see the excitement that they have for their brother, it, it's quite an experience. And, uh, you know, we're just hoping that, uh, that this kid down in uh, – with the Dolphins can stay healthy, and uh, he has a tremendous amount of ability, and, you know, he, he's a good player. And so, uh, but I told him, you know, whatever happens, it's all a part of God's will, and, you know, he has an education, he has a degree, and he can continue to move forward if that's not for him. Yeah, I, I did say lastly, but lastly for real. Uh, HBCU, you haven't gone – to Southern, as you mentioned, you had a choice between Southern uh, and Savannah State. Again, as I mentioned also, you sit on the HBCU Football um, uh, Hall of Fame Committee. Having gone to Southern, HBCU, what does HBCU mean to you? Well, I think it's a tremendous uh, legacy about our our people and and the the journey that we had to uh, travel, and I just think that it's it's a bond that is hard to explain unless you've been a part of it. And I was glad to see my son wind up at uh, at at an H uh, B C school because uh, I think uh, from a social environment and just you know uh, being able to understand who you are and, and who your people are and who where you come from that's very important. 14 years in the National Football League, 57 career interceptions. Uh, some rules were changed because of this gentleman, a 1989 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee. He is Mel Blunt. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Mel, we appreciate the time. Thank you for sharing your story. Continued success in all you do. Hey, Don, thanks. Enjoyed being on your show. We enjoyed having you, Mel. Thank you. You know, I marvel at uh, a lot of these stories that we hear from these legends um, here on the program. And um, you heard, of course, uh, uh, Mel Blunt mention the fact that he came from, uh, you know, from uh, uh, from very hard times in the segregated South um, back during his days in the 50s and the 60s and able to, you know, had a choice between Savannah State and Southern. That's one of the things, I mean, when we talk about, these HBCU legends of the 300, and as he mentioned, of the 300-plus members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, I think it's 29, it's 27 or 29 are HBCU graduates. It's just, you know, back in the day, you know, we didn't have a choice. You you had to go to an HBCU, and, you know, obviously we're we're seeing a lot less of that because you have a lot of the choices. And, um, you know, because of that, uh, our HBCUs, um, have suffered in in terms of from a sports perspective have 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 not had the talent over the years. There's there are some gems that have come through that still continue to come through. There's no question about it. But you know you talk about in terms of the players of Mel Blunt's caliber. I mean Mel Blunt coming out of high school uh, today could go to any school, probably could go to any school in the country that he wanted to go to. Not the case. In the, in the 60s, definitely not the case. So we love uh, these gentlemen sharing their stories with us. Robert Brazil, 
the great linebacker for the Houston Oilers, played at Jackson State, going to join us next week as part of our HBCU Legends series. More from the press box to press row. Mike Wallace on the other the side. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. Kofi cards are designed by Brother Tyus Kofi, who has received international acclaim and has been featured on over 300 very popular greeting cards. Kofi cards can be purchased for any occasion, including birthdays, baby showers, and well wishes. Buy them in bulk today. Purchase Kofi cards online at www.koficards.com. That's www.koficards.com. K-O-F-I-K-A-R-D-S.com. Produced by the community for the community. Kofi Cards, empowering our community one card at a time. Kofi Cards are a product of Global Emerging Market Exchange. GMX, a redistribution company. Men, you know there are a couple of myths that should be cleared away from your belief system. The first myth, women only look for tall, virile, handsome guys with money. The truth is, most women look for guys who know how to get results and save money, too. The second myth, you have to buy expensive drugs to regain your love life or defeat erectile dysfunction. The truth is, there is a product on the market made of seven herbs. It's all natural, costs less than $40, and helps 96% of men who try it regain erections that last, and many guys swear their 20s have returned. Alpha RX Plus works to defeat erectile dysfunction, has no reported side effects, and comes with a money-back guarantee. If you want to defeat erectile dysfunction and save money doing it, Alpha RX Plus should be a part of your belief system. Try Alpha RX Plus and then tell us what you think. AlphaRxPlus.com or call 800-860-1938. Alpha RX Plus. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. You never know who may be a guest on the program. We are joined by Ice Cube, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Sugar Ray Leonard is on the line. We're joined by Demarcus Ware. We are joined by Wendy Raquel Robinson. Art Shell is our guest. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. I'm talking about none other then common. Mark Mariel, who's the president and CEO of the National Urban League, CEO, commissioner of the CIAA, Leon Carey. None other than the world-renowned Smokey North. The godfather of go-go, Chuck Brown, joins us here. Talking about none other than Doug Williams. Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. Missed any of these interviews? Check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's talk some NBA playoffs and really all things NBA here on from the press box to press row. Mike Wallace of ESPN. Dot com joins us. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at my Mike Tech. What's up, Mike? What's going on, Donald? Man, glad to be back with you again. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. Um, before we even talk about the series, let's talk about some of the uh, the coaching uh, situations that are going on. And I want to start with David Fisdale to Memphis because obviously you've covered Miami for a number 
of years. Your thoughts, and I think when we talked a couple of weeks ago, it just seems like um, there is a little bit of disarray in Memphis, and now Fisdale goes there. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a, first of all, for David Fisdale, it's a wonderful opportunity, man. There are only 30 of those jobs, and, you know, no matter where you get one, you know, you really have to take a, you know, take advantage of your opportunities. And for David, you know, he was really, he put his name out there uh, about three or four years ago during the middle of the big 3-1 run when LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade were all in Miami getting to the finals and winning championships. And, you know, he, he looked at Portland slightly. He looked at, uh, you know, Philadelphia situation back then. But then he pulled his name back because he wasn't sure he wanted he was ready to go. You know, he thought he had something special going on in Miami at that time, which he did. But what happens is LeBron James leaves. You suddenly uh, are an assistant on the team that falls out of the playoffs, and now those job opportunities dry up. But you're right. He's in a situation in Memphis where there are a lot of questions uh, facing that team. First of all, they have an absentee owner for the most part in Robert Parra, uh, who stays out on the West Coast even though his team is you know in the Mid-South. Um they have to figure out whether you know how to make sure Mike Conley comes back as a free agent. He's the face of that franchise in terms of the point guard, alongside Mark Gasol. And then they got to figure out whether they want to go young and, and, and transition from that grit and grind era, or they want to stay old and ride this you know this wave of Tony Allen and, and Zebo, Zach Randolph, and those guys for one more year. Uh, another uh, situation brewing: Mike D'Antoni to Houston, and boy, I mean. You know, when I think of Mike D'Antoni, I mean, I think of uh, his days certainly with the with the Suns when they were yeah. doing a lot of big things. Um, you know, you you know, very forgettable New York, very forgettable uh, L.A. What's the deal here? Your thoughts, D'Antoni to Houston? I think you know if you're going to play that offensive style, and you're you're definitely going to try to go you know with the analytics craze and and sort of the you know okay, let's play to the percentages, let's shoot a lot of threes. Uh, let's come up with a way where we can outrun and outpace everyone, then you might as well bring, you know, Dan Tony in. And what that tells me is that they're going to, obviously it's James Harden's team. It's not going to be Dwight Howard's team. Dwight's going to have to figure out whether he's going to opt out and, and go somewhere else or opt in for one more year and then try to figure it out with, with Dan Tony. It's going to be interesting. But Dan Tony, he deserved another shot. You're right. The L.A. situation wasn't right because I'm not sure if he was ever a great fit with Kobe and what Kobe was dealing with injury rise, and then you had Paul Gasol, uh, who was on the last legs of his time there. And then when he went to New York before that, it was obviously a disaster. He just didn't have, you know, everything he needed, you know, there, and it just it just wasn't a good fit. But I think Houston will be a good fit for him. He definitely deserves another chance, and he plays the exciting brand of basketball that you're seeing all over the Western Conference right now. That the voice of Mike Wallace, NBA writer for ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter. At my Mike Check, he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Front. Mike, you bring up analytics. We want to talk more about that a little bit later on in the program. The Western Conference Finals, and um, obviously Oklahoma City's up three games to two now. Um, Golden State with the victory on Thursday. Obviously, I mean, obviously, if, if Golden State doesn't win on Saturday in OKC, then they go home. I mean, I would venture to say this is – at least from my perspective, I think this is a must win also for OKC because you don't want to go back to Golden State. Your thoughts? I think what we're going to see in game six in Oklahoma City could arguably be debated as the biggest and most impactful and intense game of the past decade that we've seen. The most impactful game that we've seen in the past decade uh, because of what it represents and what is on the line for the legacies of both of these teams and their star players. 
because again, if this goes seven and it gets back to uh, to Golden State on a Monday on Labor Day, excuse me, Memorial Day, it doesn't matter. Um, you know that that Oklahoma City's won there before. It will be almost it will be an insurmountable climb for those guys to win that game on the road, a game seven, especially after in that situation they would have lost back to back games and would have you know after having a three one lead. And for Golden State, look, yeah, you won seventy three games, but if you go if you get seventy three games and don't cap it off with a championship, then you're basically the New England Patriots from a few years ago that lost that went sixteen and zero and lost to the uh, Giants in the Super Bowl. You're basically the Buffalo Bills, you know, a great team that got there four straight times and could never get over the hump, even though they got over the hump last time. So if Golden State can't win that game to force a game seven, then you really have to scratch your head and say, hey, they were a great regular season team, they, they won a championship, but let's, let's pump our brakes and stop comparing them to some of the greatest historic teams of all times until they can show it and prove it over the course of two, three, four, five seasons. And then finally, Mike, as we appreciate the time, Mike Wallace uh, joining us here on the program um mike wilbon who we've had on this show um before excellent excellent columnist writer done it for many many years on the undefeated he uh did a a piece entitled mission impossible african americans and analytics why blacks are not feeling the sports metrics movement and you know just the the title itself i sort of had a problem with because it, it almost speaks uh it's like it's speaking for uh, the black community, but it's some other things. I haven't read the whole thing, but some other things I had um, uh, took issue with in this piece. I want to get your thoughts because you're not in agreement with this piece uh, either. Right, I'm, I'm not. And first of all, I am in agreement with the fact that Mike Wilbon is a, is a trailblazer for a lot of us, you know, younger guys in the media, uh, African-Americans in particular. I mean, he was doing it at a time when there weren't many faces like ours uh, in mainstream media in big markets. And you know, growing up as a Washington D.C. native, I certainly, you know, know and respect and have come to enjoy uh, and admire the work that Will Bond has done. And I used to, you know, <laughs> I used to throw the Washington Post in the yards. You know, it was one of my first jobs. And then when I got an internship there as a newsroom copy aide, you know, one of the most memorable moments was standing in the in, in the mail room, you know, debating the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield first fight with with Mike Wilbon back then. So, yeah. you know, I, I definitely re, you know respect what he's done. I just disagree with the notion that this 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 latest piece from the undefeated uh is put out there. First of all, you know, any time that you you know you sort of galvanize and, and and make black thought a monolithic thing, uh it's a problem. It's a problem because again, one of the beautiful things about the whole undefeated site at ESPN is that it's going to showcase and it's designed to showcase that there is versatility in black thought. There's not one group think situation in black, you know, in, in, in black media masses. And I think the article fell short because it sort of characterized the notion that blacks aren't into advanced metrics and numbers and all of those kind of things when it's just not true. You know, Dwayne Casey and the Toronto Raptors, whose GM is Masai Ujiri, they're deep in the analytics. That's what they do. That's how they've put that team together. That's how they've uh, formulated, you know, a team that's advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, you go across the league, you find African Americans who work for publications. Chris Herring at the Wall Street Journal uh, quickly comes to mind. Bomani Jones, who had, who's on the airwaves at ESPN. Those guys are deep in the analytics. Myself, I'm an old school guy, and, and I go by the eye test a lot. But I also use analytics and numbers to either back up my point. Mm-hmm. Or to to make myself com- or, or to convince myself that hey maybe I didn't see what I thought I saw, and, and so I think we all use analytics, and I think what the article should have done was underscore 
the definition of what analytics and, and advanced metrics are instead of throwing a blanket over an entire you know culture of people and saying hey we're not cool with this this is not what we talk about this is not what we're interested in i thought it was irresponsible from that standpoint because the undefeated is too important of a publication to be reckless with some of the content that it puts out and i, I just think that it was a mistake to go that route and i hope that it gender generates more discussions like the ones we're having because if it does that among our community then i think it, it had an effective impact regardless of what the initial intent was very strong mike wallace of espn.com joining us here on from the press box to press row check him out on espn.com also co-host on espn radio rothenberg mic'd up and again follow him on twitter at my mic check good stuff mike we'll catch up with you real soon Hey, thanks a lot, man. Yep, Rothenberg mic'd up, coming back on the airs 5 to 8 p.m. Saturday night on uh, ESPN XM Channel 80. So check us out. We're definitely coming back and doing some big things. So check out my man Mike on our sister station, Channel 80, Saturdays 5 to 8 p.m. for his show. And I echo the sentiments of Mike when he talks about uh, Mike Wilbon and what he has meant with respect to the media. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, I'm a Washingtonian. I used to love to read Mike Wilbon, love reading Tony Kornheiser as well, love reading Mike Wilbon. When I had my opportunity to um, to be a news aide at the Washington Post, uh, Mike Wilbon was the guy that I sought out. As a matter of fact, uh, I remember having a chance to hang out with him and others at the uh, Capitol Classic in 1999. Um, I think, and, and again, I haven't read the whole piece, so I'm not going to comment on the piece Per se, I have read some of it in in a couple of the examples that Mike Wilbon uses when he's talking about the fact that uh, black folks don't use analytics. He 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 had a conversation with Draymond Green, um, and also um, had a conversation with Sean Livingston, and they said that they don't use uh, analytics. But that doesn't mean that everybody doesn't. And, and furthermore, I would ask if in the article did he ask um, any any white basketball players, do they use analytics? I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't use analytics. I myself, um, as Mike suggested, I feel the same way. I'm going to use analytics to back up a point that I'm making, but I'm going to use the eye test. I'm black, but that doesn't mean all black people uh, don't subscribe to the notion of analytics. And I think you have to be careful when you are, when you group a a when you put a group in a box and say uh as a whole uh this group doesn't do a b and c and i i think that's where i take issue with the article again i've read portions uh, a little bit of it i'm gonna read the whole thing i invite you to read it as well you can google undefeated and michael wilbon and the article should pull up My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Mike Wallace for joining us today on the program. Also to Mel Blunt for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. For more information on the show, if you missed any of our shows, you can log on to our website to listen to any of our shows over the last uh, five years or so at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com. Also follow us on Twitter and friend us on Facebook. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.
Love so tender.